You're listening to the New Utah Podcast with your hosts, Bree. People can say my name and I still don't pay attention. Chris. This is what happens when your number one health concern in the state is porn. Jeremy. Flicks it and then walks out and just kicks the living crap out of whoever. And Julia. This week on Julia does everything that's embarrassing. Episode 327 coming at you live from the basement. From the Ugly Baboon Studios. Yep. Something yeah, we how, many, how many of you know that that's what the name of this room is? I do. Yes. Because it shows on my phone for every single invitation. Oh, yeah. If I remember, I put I put it on it's there. It's also on the thing when you come down the stairs. Yeah, there's also a it. sign on the stairway. Something we haven't said in a little while, uh, our intro music is from Folk Hogan. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Folk Hogan's awesome. We uh, just haven't, we, we're so used to it that we haven't said it in a little yeah, bit. We all yeah. dance to it when it comes out. It's true, still. It's been our music for a while. and A few years, so we still jam every time. I love those guys. They're, they're so much fun to watch. Um yeah, it is, uh, this doesn't happen very often. We're recording this. The Tuesday we record is the 30th of August and the 31st exists. So therefore it's the last week of the month and it's Utah Adventure Week. It actually happens more often than you'd like to believe. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, it does not. I don't believe it. Lies, I tell you. So this episode is going to be entirely focused on uh, a grand old adventure we all had, except Julia, because she sucks and has a store that she has to run and couldn't do it this year. And I didn't get invited until after Bree's kids all went and took the spots. There weren't any spots. That's not my fault. Because your kids took them. No, the kids no, didn't have spots literally either. Ju- they didn't Don't, have spots either. Let's and not blame this on my kids because uh, Ty tried to blame it the on fact his, that his girlfriend, girlfriend didn't come get on my come. kids. My kids were literally sleeping next to a pool table where we had to drag them out that of the sucks. way so that I could walk past and then they went home early. And, Fun. and we asked about them coming like two months in advance. Oh yeah, so, like two months ago. <laughs> it wasn't like it wasn't like it was a last So for those thing. of you who thought that Ty and apparently Julia, yeah. I <laughs> asked if my kids could go two months ago and paid for them to go two months ago. Yes. So neither here nor there, but we went to, we took our annual trip to Bear Lake, which if you guys listened a couple of weeks ago, Bear Lake is a state park. Uh, Utah state park is, yes, is Bear is. Lake. Uh, and, um, we, we all really like Bear Lake so much that we have made an annual event of going up there as a group of friends, not as a podcast necessarily, uh, though we did some stuff as a podcast. Not necessarily is is inaccurate. Never have we gone there as a podcast. Just as a podcast. So, but we thought, hey, we're all going to be there. Uh, it's very much a Utah thing. Um, we're going to go uh, have fun like we always do, and we will talk about all the cool stuff Bear Lake has to offer because there's actually a lot of cool shit um, the Bear Lake has to offer. Um, so here we are. Um, so, uh, not sure what happened there. Nothing. Let's just kick them out. Just go put them outside for four hours. No. <laughs> In the hot-ass sun. Um, no, so that's uh, that's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about Bear Lake. Um, and, you know, we were up there. We decided not to just do Bear Lake. Um, this is not necessarily a Utah thing, but one of the things you can do at Bear Lake is go see uh, Minnetonka Cave. Yeah. Which is technically in Idaho, but like... It's on the border. So much on the border that if you lean to one side, you're still in Utah. Well, so one thing to keep in mind is Bear Lake is basically cut in half between Utah and Idaho and is is like a whole 15 minutes from Wyoming. So, yeah, Bear Lake is right up in the corner, um, straddled basically by the three states. And so created by fault lines, which also created the fucking cave. So <laughs> yep, you have to have a fault line for a cave. Any more these days, this is something that uh, I think is important to talk about. We'll do it when we talk about Bear Lake specifically. I want to talk about the cave first. So Minnetonka Cave um, is, you know, depending on where you stay in Bear Lake, because when you go to Bear Lake, you've got Lake Town or Lake City, which is like down the southern end of the lake. There's Garden City, which is the big Utah city. Um, city is a loose term, by the way. It's mostly a bunch of vacation homes and condos. But it's where, like, the Logan Canyon lets you out at. Yeah, it's where Cache Valley dumps you right into Garden City. Um, and then there's, uh, uh, is it Fish Lake? Yeah. It's Fish Lake. I call Fish it Haven. Fish Haven. Fish I Haven. call it Fish Lake, but it's actually Fish Haven. Yeah, which Fish is Lake the, is like down by Nephi. So Fish Haven, right as soon as you hit the Idaho border, you're basically in Fish Haven. So 
Cooper's, Bear Lake West, that's all part of Fish Haven. That's also where you go buy um, booze at the general store in Fish Haven because they got a big liquor store that's not the Utah yeah. stuff and, uh, and a lot of tickets. tickets. <laughs> and then also if you go all the way up on the north side of the lake, there's a bunch of sandy beaches, and that's where you're going to get to um, and the, Montpelier is up there. Yeah. North the north there. beach, the sandy beaches are because there's a, uh, there's a swamp up there. It's a wildlife refuge. It's an Idaho. Oh yeah, there's National another wildlife. Well, and refuge. there's like another, there's like another mini lake north of it. Well, yeah, it, mud lake, but yeah. it's part of the swamp and it's muddy. It's not clear and blue. So like Bear Lake. to get to Minnetonka Cave, you basically mm-hmm. drive just past. Uh, Fish Haven, uh, and there's a little turn off. I think it's actually still in Fish Haven where you make the turn off. Yeah. And you go up the mountain. <laughs> yep. And, like, and your phone cuts off when you're trying to talk to your daughter about her broken down Jeep. Yeah. Fun. Watch out for cows. Oh, yes. Yeah. So we Legit. Were, <laughs> we were so we're driving. We're in the, we're in the, we're in the lead, and I think the there gates was right were right behind there us. There was a car in front of us, a little ways in front of us, but as I'm driving up this, but this, it wasn't our group, this mountain road, and I point out a sign debris, I'm like, oh, share the road. Like there's not, and then all of a sudden this cow jumps up from the fucking side of the road and runs across the road. Like where a, we're at, it's a like hill, a fox or and something. you couldn't really see it, but it jumped onto the road and then it stood there and it looked around for a second and then it ran back up the other hill across the, the road. <laughs> and, and I Why look did the and I'm cow like, cross the road? and I say to Bree, look, share the road with cows. And then I look at and the sign. And then the sign has a picture of a cow. So it's got a picture of bicyclists up top and, and then, then a cow, cow below. <laughs> So yeah, we were right behind you. What about the cows on the bicycles? Though? You gotta watch out for those too. From our vantage point, we were just enough behind you that it looked like you almost hit it. No, I was. No, it was still a away. good twenty feet. Yeah. Out from but us, from but our vantage, because we were going uphill yeah. and there was a slight curve, we were I was like, like oh, whoa! Because no, I kind of saw it the moving. The almost hit a cow. I kind of saw it moving off to the side, so I was already kind of slowing down, and I was slow enough that it wasn't even a really hard. I don't stop. think he actually knew that. It was a cow. He just kind of saw like I saw oh, there's something. something on the side of the road, and I'm like, "Well, I don't really think it's a good idea to just fucking that fly." Thing was bigger road. than your car. Yeah, it probably would have. <laughs> it would have done some. It was damage. a black black cow. Um, yeah, all black cow, uh, and it would, wasn't even that big of a cow. No, <laughs> it wasn't a huge cow, but it would have it would have done some It'd damage. Messed up your car. So and, and the rest of the trip because we wouldn't have had a car and we would have been stuck there because. Nobody would have been able to come down, and we wouldn't have been able to. And go no up. cell service. Yeah, so. no cell service. So you know, super exciting. So you go. So you drive up this mountain road. You there's a there's a pull off that they have cones for, where you buy your tickets for the cave. So you stop, buy your tickets. You can go to the bathroom, and then you drive up some more. It's like and what? Just over a mile. Yeah, you drive up like another mile, and you get to a, another parking lot where there's an entrance to the cave and where you turn in your, your tickets to walk through the cave. It is not, you are not allowed to self-guide a tour into the cave. No. You can only go into the caves with guided tours, and there's a very good reason for that. People fuck shit up. It is a yeah. protected national uh, national monument, I think, much like Timpanogos. Yep. Cash Nas- it's in Cache National Forest. And to give you an idea, there's one part of the tour... Um, where it was the they they had each little area called something named something and this this particular area they called it the seven dwarfs and they kind of explained why but he said okay the one dwarf that the water is actually constantly dripping on he said if you come back in about a hundred years it will have gone up about a quarter of an inch yeah so that cave's not growing very fast there's some parts of Timpanoga Timpanogos cave which is in Utah. Um, by Mount Caves. Yeah, caves. We'll talk about that. Um, but there's a couple places there that are growing much faster. Um, but yeah, the one there, and they don't want you to go yourself because you will also ruin stuff in the cave. And there is one particular spot where they let people touch, right. uh, an that's actual, a, a, a formation that's right next to the guardrails. Uh, and, and you the, can literally see how the, messed up it is. The purpose is, it's not that it's messed up, but the, the, it is very shiny and it's, you can tell it's not the same. It's darker. Yeah, it's not the same as the other rock formations and it's because of all the people that have touched it and they do that on purpose to really show people how fucked up you can do stuff. Like one, one touch is going to ruin things sometimes. Yeah. Well, because of the oils in your hand, the salts in your hand. They neutralize the acids that are yeah. creating. 
Yeah, because that's that's what it is. Is it, it's an acid. It's the salt water seeping through the rock that creates the acid, carbonic. Acid. Like legit, the the metal railings that are in there are pitted mm-hmm. from. You drips. can tell that they replace them fairly regularly. Yeah, because some were smooth, some were really pitted, some were kind of pitted. So. Also. I'm going to give you one piece of advice, and then we'll let Jeremy talk about the cave history a little bit. Wear gloves. I'm going to give you the second piece. (laughs) Oh, and a coat. Wear proper shoes. Yes. Because it's very slippery. I never slipped one time because I actually had my actual hiking shoes on, but... Uh, folks that didn't were were kind of sliding and and I didn't fall, but I I slid around a couple in a couple. Spots. I legitimately did not touch the railings hey, the look, entire time. I didn't fall, which means normal people can walk through the damn cave. <laughs> <laughs> well, a couple of years ago when we went, so Julia's been through it. She wasn't able to go with us, but I've been a few times. But though. she's been through it. So I mean, my seventy-year-old parents went through it. So. It's slow going, but it's. But it's, if you're careful and you use the railings and stuff, you're fine. But there's there's a lot of stairs. It's not eight hundred and eighty. Like, if you go into some caves, like the steps that you use are natural steps and stuff. That's not the case here. They've they've done a lot to because they want to preserve what yeah. is happening in that cave. They've they've put a lot of you know unnatural stuff in there just so that people a can good walk combination. It. But yeah. yeah, they've got aluminum. Stairs in a lot of places with treads yeah. so that you're not actually walking. But even those treads are slippery because you got to remember their stuff is still dripping on them. So be careful, people. Okay. So some history of the cave. Okay. So the cave itself began some 330 to 356 million years ago. Dun, dun, dun. So it's a lot longer than when we talked than a the couple 10, weeks ago, the 10,000 years. For, well, 10,000 years was for the, 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 the sand dunes, oh, the yeah. pink sand coral dunes. sand dunes. Yeah, sand dunes. So, so originally the, this, the, this whole area was covered in a lake, just like Salt Lake Valley was at one point. In all time. this part of the country was, was all underwater. The bottom of the ocean. So one interesting thing that our tour guide told us, because somebody had asked, are there fossils in here? And he said, there are millions of fossils. He, he, basically, he, he actually said... If you pick up a rock, it probably has a fossil. However, he's like, you're not going to find whole dinosaurs or anything like that. It's tiny little sea creatures. It's snails and crustaceans. and They have samples, actually, before you go into the cave. Yeah. They have a, a, a wall that's got a bunch of rocks that you can pick up and take a look at um, that have bigger fossils right. in them. But it's all, it's all sea creature stuff. So sometime in between that 350 million years ago and sometime a little more recent, maybe 100 million years ago, um, it's on a fault line, and what happened is the fault line shifted, so there was an earthquake of some sort, and it created a crack. And actually, when you're in it, they actually pointed out to you, you walk alongside of it, so you can actually see, see the, the fault crack. line. The fault line, yeah. But that allowed water to seep into it. The, so as the lake is still there yeah. and not dry, water starting to seep in, and even though the lake is now long since receded away, when it snows... Water drips through. When right. it rains. Yeah. So what happened is over over the years, it's it's a softer sandstone is the basic formation of the rocks. Limestone. Limestone. Sir. Oh, limestone. Sorry, you're right. Sandstone and, was last time when we were talking right. about stuff. But li- limestone. And we have lots of rocks. Lots of it's really important that it's limestone because as water comes down, it forms it forms essentially carbonic acid, which is carbonation. It's yeah, like it's not going to hurt soda. you. Yeah. Necessarily, um, but, but as it fa- as the as the water drips and um, absorbs the carbon dioxide in the air, it becomes carbonic acid. And as that hits the limestone and runs across the limestone, it erodes the limestone. Yep. So it over time created the different pockets. So as you go through the cave, there's they call them rooms, but think of them as pockets. They're Some huge. were huge. Some are two, three hundred feet. Ninety feet was the tallest. Ninety one. feet was. A- but huge, just massive. So what would happen is... Think about that. That's nine stories yeah. of open cavern inside the middle of a mountain that is completely natural. So the water would fill up in those and then slowly through cracks and crevices erode away and make its way out. Yeah. So as the lake was there on top of the mountain, those cracks allowed big, giant underground aquifers. And then once the lake waters receded and eventually that stuff kind of dried out... Then you had all the drips, and yep. that's where you get your stalactites and stalagmite formations. Right. So the water dripping down was stalagmites. So, tight. So tight, yeah, is from, on tight. tight is from the top. <laughs> Mite, Mite is, is from up. the bottom. And when it drips down and it hangs, it's depositing the minerals from above onto the stone. And as the water drops, 
it also can deposit minerals onto the bottom. And so eventually, all of them would typically most likely Grow form together. some sort of column. There was, there was only a couple in the cave that have actually completely Completely touched. formed a column, yeah. There's only a few of them. And the ones at the bottom coming up, a lot of them were hollow because mm-hmm. the water dripping over thousands and thousands of years. Even though it's growing taller, it's still hollow. It's still in hollow inside, yeah. Um, and then the ones from the top were more solid because it's it's the the minerals forming. Uh, and then there was also the the bacon stuff. So the cave, cave bacon like, is so cave. He called it cave bacon, which <laughs> is now the name of my ass. Um, there's a story that I don't want to get into, but <laughs> cave bacon. They call it cave bacon because you can. It's it's phosphorescent essentially, and you can shine a light through it. But basically, it's, it's the, all stripy like bacon. it's the calcium deposits from the limestone, um, and it is a stalag. Tight in a sense, but basically, instead of the water coming down and forming at a point, think of it like when you get icicles on the on your house, and some of them are an icicle, and the rest is like a it's like, like a, a trail sheet. of like it trails along the 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 top so runs, of the cave, yeah, it runs across, and as it's running, it's leaving deposits behind, and then so each layer, and that's why it's like different colors and striped like bacon. So that's that is what formed it over millions of years virtually uh and i'll give you the the condensed story of how it was discovered so it was early 1900s there actually there's a a logging camp down in the valley who are logging obviously uh and one of the members of the logging camp went up to hunt was it grouse i think it was grouse doesn't really matter so he goes up and he shoots one but it happens to fall down this cliff area so he makes his way down to to where it is and when he goes to pick it up, he feels a breeze, a cold, a cold breeze. And normally breeze. mountains don't give off breezes. Don't give off breezes. So he goes and he looks at it, and he's, the opening was about the size of a trash can lid. So not very big, but enough that he could feel air coming out of it. Yeah, and he was able to get in it at yeah. the time. So then he goes back down to the camp, and he gets two or three other guys, and they go back up to it. And they excavate it enough that they can actually get into it, and they discover the opening of the cave. And it's fucking massive. Yeah. This thing is huge. Like... Carlsbad Caverns is is similar in size and scope in terms of how big this thing is. Well, and and as you go through the tour, it's what was what would you say thirty to forty minutes to get down to the. It's yeah, so it's the whole tour from start to finish was about an hour and a half, so it's probably about forty five minutes to go from the start to the end. But just keep in mind as you're going through the tour, everything that you go down, it's a cave. You he, go back up. He very much told us this. He's it's a cave. All caves have one entrance and exit. That's why he was saying Timpanogos Caves, because you can walk because through, is actually two caves that they combine, that they join together. But a cavern is when it goes all the way through naturally. And there's another point. And yeah, when it's natural. When you get down to, I, I would say the bottom, but it's not. It, it, it's the farthest they've gone because he said they've explored the rocks past where we were. And he says it goes back another couple hundred feet, but there's really nothing of interest back there. So, yeah, it's about... 45 minutes, and you do stop every so often, let the group catch up. Oh, yeah, he said there's a ton more that they don't take anyone through. Yeah, there's other areas. And the cave is constant at a constant 40 degrees. Yep. It's it doesn't fun. matter if it's cold or warm outside, it's, cold. it's 40 degrees. 40 degrees. He's like, in the winter, it's warmer in here than it is outside. Yeah. yeah. It's cold. So I took my jacket. For me, it wasn't quite enough. I was still kind of cold. I wish I'd had a long sleeve shirt. She took a hoodie. With what she took. Um, I did. I took a hoodie with. I, you said I wish, a jacket. That's not what most people true. call a jacket. But anyway, if I think if I had had long sleeves, I would have done better. But Chris is about your hands, because if you do need to use the railings and stuff, they're all cold. It's all cold metal railings that you're grabbing onto with your water hands get cold with water dripping out. So not only are you grabbing cold, wet, but you're grabbing. Or not only are you grabbing cold, but you're grabbing cold and wet, so your hands get cold. I did notice that the tour guide had on gloves. Yeah. Yeah, he's not dumb. When I saw that he had gloves on and he said that we'd have to use the railings, I vowed that I would not touch a railing. (laughs) They were very slick and very wet. Do you have more history that you want to share? Uh, No. I will say this. The the tour guides give great history. Yeah. They also tell the same terrible bullshit tour guide jokes that all tour guides tell. Right. I think it's required that you have to tell certain jokes. Uh, But it was fun. Um, 
Um, this particular cave does not have white nose syndrome yet, so they will ask you to not bring or wear anything that has oh, been in been, any yeah. other cave. Yeah, white nose, white nose bat fungus, basically. Uh, and we saw a couple of bats. They're not very big. They're, no, they're, they're kind of on the small babies. side. They're, they're teeny. Um, so I'm curious, what was your guys' favorite part of the cave? Mine was when they did the thing in my ring because it was so dark down the there. The disco ball. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we got to basically towards the end. Uh, and, and any cave that I've ever been in, I've been in a bunch where they're guided cave tours. They always get to a point where a room that makes sense. And part of it is timing, right? Because they're giving people a break from the walking. They're also timing between groups. But they always have a switch to turn off all the lights because they've wired them very roughly for these lights to show different things. But they turn off the lights. So they turn off the power. Because there's no ambient light in a cave. Yeah, it's pitch black. And so it is completely pitch black outside of the phosphorescent rock because there are phosphorescent pieces and they will glow because they've had light being cast on them for a while. But that doesn't last very long. And so he had a laser in his hand. And he shined it on Bree's ring because she's got a a diamond ring and Heather didn't wear her wedding ring. It was funny because he asked if anybody had a ring. And so Jonathan or Hannah, I don't it know. Was Hannah. Right. It pushed was Hannah. Pushed Heather up pushed to the Heather, front. Heather like almost into him. And she's like, okay. And it's like, let me see your wedding ring. And then she she's puts like, her hand out and then she's like, oh, I, didn't oh, wear it. I forgot my ring. She didn't wear it because she didn't want to wear it to the cave. Yeah. I don't want to lose it. And Bree was standing it, but... right next to her and she's like, well, I have mine. So that was funny. And so he shined the laser into it. And I think that was my favorite part just because it was. Just it was so pretty and it was so dark and to see the the colors and stuff shining yeah, so around was he's fun. like he's like now we'll find out if it's a real diamond yeah so he put the light in and it did though it it, it and then he goes oh that's how glass reflects yeah, <laughs> yeah it cast over the entire thing so it made a cool disco ball yeah effect. disco ball room what so about that was cool what about you What's I think my I think that the part that I thought was the coolest was the crack right along the fault line. so it's at the top of the not the crack that came to my mind <laughs> no, the the top of the stairway to heaven. Is what they call it, and that is one. Steep. And where Sean was playing Stairway did, to Heaven. Yeah. So we started it, and like he's like, "We're coming up on the Stairway to Heaven," and Sean's like, "I'm going to play Stairway to Heaven." And Heather goes, "I think we'll get there right in time for the perfect part and to we go up the did. stairs." And it was almost at the exact moment we got to the base of that staircase that it got to the really <laughs> to good, the good part. part. Yeah. So from from up looking down, you can see a little bit of the crack. But what he says is, when you step on the top of the staircase, look up. And you can really see On that see platform, it. yeah. Because the angle changes. So you get down there and you can see this fault line. And to me, that was just really cool because you know what a fault line is. You hear about a fault line. But to actually be standing at the see fault line, looking up, and it's as far as you can see in both directions. And that is the fault line. Of course, then you're thinking to yourself, boy, if anything happened, like, right now. Well, but- and but like he says, like, there have been big quakes that have happened and nothing's happened to this area. But I thought, I thought that was really cool. That was really cool to see that uh, actual fault line stand under a fault line. I would like to share two of my favorite reviews. No, no, we're not there yet. I don't have a story to share. This was my, you don't have a favorite part of the cave. You've You've been been there a couple times. What did you Yeah, A long time ago. You don't remember it. Not well enough to tell a story. Like, two years like ago. bats are cool. You guys went like two years ago, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. You guys already talked about anything worth mentioning. I do, I disagree because I have a different favorite. Okay, part well, what's your, your favorite, favorite part, part then? Okay, I really liked the uh, the the gold. What does he call it? Oh, the, the coin, room? the, the treasure room. Cause it's, because oh, yeah. when we were up on the top and he was talking about it, I was like, it just looks like piles of poop. So, but when we came down the side. You could actually see the coins. The reason I like that room is it's a very wet room, like incredibly wet because it's right Active. by the f- fault line. So there's tons of water coming into that room and you can actually hear the like pseudo stream, the underground stream below. Yeah. And, and it's actively forming a ton of these. It's, it makes it look like on the one side, like gold coins, but I just think it's really cool to see all of that happening, you know, cause that's, you see the other stuff and you can kind of, if you're lucky, catch a drip as it's forming something. But this one is like constantly dripping onto this rock and that's what has really caught, you know, created all these formations. So I really enjoyed seeing that. Um, and then my second favorite part, because I'm going to do two, because I can, is the Rocky Mountain maple sign. 
I don't know if you noticed it. <laughs> yeah. So when you're going, so when you're going, you have to walk across the little bridge where they have some, um, essentially detergent for your shoes to try and kill the, the white nose bat stuff. Um, they've got some signs for some trees as you walk around the cliff face to go to where the landing of the cave is. And, uh, one of the, you know, they've got like a birch, I think there's a birch tree and there's some pine tree. And then right in between them, there's a sign like, and there's placards like pounded into the side of the mountain and it says Rocky Mountain Maple and it's just part of the mountain. There's no tree. <laughs> I thought it was funny. I think this, my second favorite was the, the, the wedding reception room or whatever they call it. Oh yeah. Where they had what looks like a ring on a finger kind of, and then it had the dove and the, You'd never get it just looking at it. Yeah, I didn't really get it even with him describing it, but the formations in that room were really The cool. formations are, are so intricate that it, it's amazing because it does look like a ring on somebody's yeah. finger. But I want to know what they called Elsa's castle before Frozen. I don't know. Before they put the fucking blue light on it. Yeah, that's all they did is put a blue it light on so it. It bugged me. I'm bothered by that. So some of them were a bit of a stretch. Some of them. Elsa's castle did look like a castle. I did but... like the devil's anus. Oh yeah. So they have this. So they were show. He show. They show this one area, and they actually had a guy climb down and put lights into this room. And it's like 60 feet down below. Um. So like, there's the edge of where you're at, and there's some rock formations that have like fallen together and just have and just pinned themselves in place. Tiny little opening. There's, but there's a bigger opening around the back. You can see as you're coming down. But they called it the Devil's Playroom or something. The, the devil's kitchen or the devil's yeah. some, something, something. But we were, jo- so we were joking privately because Sean, Sean is a peanut gallery with me on tours like this. Not my Sean, Sean Paul. No, Sean Paul. Yeah. And, and, um, so we were being a peanut gallery and talking. I'm like, Oh, that's the devil's anus. Like that kind of hole. That's the devil's butthole right there. And Jonathan was hearing us and laughing about it. And like we get past the devil's anus. So Sean and I, you know, we're in our forties. We understand tact, and when you can... Well, sometimes you understand tact. When you can say things out loud that are humorous, that the whole group will do, and when you say stuff like, it's the devil's anus, quietly. <laughs> and I don't remember what the guide he, was saying. I think he asked what it was called, what we but would have called we were it. Down at the bottom, and yeah, he, he asked, <laughs> what Jonathan, do you think this is called? And Jonathan's like, the devil's anus! <laughs> yeah, that shut down some people. It shut down that. What was that kid, Devin? Was it Devin? Devin, Devin, Devin. The whole freaking time. But Sean and I both look at each other and we're like, "Oh, he needs to learn." <laughs> it was hilarious, though. <laughs> to everyone but Jonathan, who was like, I think, somewhat embarrassed that he had done that afterwards. It did. It did uh, catch our our tour guide off guard. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It took him a second to recover from that one. It was pretty funny. <laughs> Okay, Julia, let's All right, hear one of our reviews. reviews. Okay. Um, one says, tour guide was a little cheesy and a kid yacked all over the cave. Whoa. <laughs> the tour guides are always cheesy. I just want to share that with everyone. That's the point. They're always cheesy. And then K.K. Herman, the Red Rebel, left a one star. Is this Alvin? Right now, I would like to take my kids this weekend. <laughs> What? I don't know, but that's, if that's it. what you they consider. Left a, they left that as a rating. If you consider that a review, that's funny. You can't do. Reviews they didn't anymore. have a whole lot of reviews on there. <laughs> you cannot do. They only review. had a couple of reviews that were complaining about one, parking. One can be okay. You don't have to do more than one. We have like six. For that the guy had. Beach. That guy had no idea what he was reviewing. He thought he was talking about Alvin and the Chipmunks. No, he thought he was asking for a worker named Alvin and asking if they were open so he could take his kids over. As a review, instead of submitting a question. That's why it's funny. He thought it was a form to ask them a question, not that he was leaving a review. He said, is this Alvin? I want to take my kids this weekend. That's kind of funny. Yeah, it is funny. If you know what's happening. It is funny when you know what's happening. But I didn't realize what was happening. Yeah, he's he's trying to send a message to the company, not leave a review. Got it. Got it. That doesn't Totally did. Okay. Anyway, so back to the lake. Back to the lake. So we're done with the cave. So the, cave, like, the cave's a couple hours. Like, it's a good two-hour experience. Like I said, it's, it's fun. about an hour and a half round trip through the cave. $12 a person, $48 for a family. Yeah, we A were all, family in, like, a car. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you all have to live in the same house, essentially. Yeah, but, like... It doesn't matter. It's 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 12 bucks a person. 
Because unless you have 15 kids, which that one van in front of us did. Yeah. And they might have got it with a family price. It's You're supporting the national park system yeah, when you pay it. Yeah, just pay it, the $12. So. Uh, okay, so Bear Lake. So we stayed in a bunch of different places in Bear Lake, um, you know, in Garden City in particular. Like I said, you can stay in Fish Lake, uh, Garden Fish City. Fish Haven. Fish Haven. I keep calling, I always call it Fish Lake. Fish Haven. Uh, you can also stay on the eastern side of the lake, um, but the eastern side of the lake is far away from the town uh, and, and the stuff the town has to offer. There are no services, so to speak, over there. I There's, think over there are more of the people that, like, live, live there. Well, also the really nice lake houses are over there yeah. because they're right on the lake on sandy beaches. There's no marina over there. So you have to go to either the south or the northern marina uh, to to drop a boat in unless a lot of those houses over there have actual tractors yeah. that they roll down the sandy beach and dump their boats in because it does have a really nice, like, slope that you can drop your boat even when it's even when it's uh super full or somewhat empty uh it, it has that that lake was pretty low pretty low for bear lake but one thing to note about bear lake is bear lake is a lake it is not a reservoir so what? it is fed and has been around for a very very long time um, Twelve thousand years according to native american history <laughs> Yeah, I think it's been around a lot longer than that. Probably longer than that. That's just, yeah. Um, so Bear Lake, uh, Bear Lake is actually formed because it's between two fault lines. Um, and the same so fault lines that created the cave. You have the Bear Lake fault line on the west side of the lake, and then there's another fault line actually underneath the lake. And so those two fault lines have ruptured and created a natural lake formation, which is why Bear Lake exists and continues to get deeper Every single year. Well, and it's right now. It's fairly shallow along the shores. I mean, we had to walk it. Well, first of all, the hike to get to the water, and then you well, we went out there quite a ways, and you still yeah. You get to, a you get a long long. That, so the Bear Lake's called the Caribbean of the Rockies because it's super duper blue um, from all the calcium. I think that uh, the calcium deposits in the lake because it's again there's a lot of limestone in the area, and we talked a little bit about that with the cave. But it also has sandy beaches, which is not super common for lakes, you right. know, especially not up in the mountains like this in, in a desert. The, um, the deepest parts of the lake, they haven't been able to track. So they don't even know how deep the deepest parts are. Yes, they do. Maximum depth is about 208 feet. I thought, I thought that there was parts in the very center that they haven't been no. able to track. So the deepest part of the lake is actually on the east side of the lake. So um, basically, you know, I don't know, a few hundred feet off of the shoreline. The east part of the lake is where that fault line is, and so it actually get it has been getting deeper over the years. Um, the 208 feet, though, is the the max depth that they've measured at this point. Gotcha. Um, but it is if you look at like a if you look at like a depth chart, basically um, the eastern shore or the western shore and the southern shore and the northern shore. They're all shallow for a pretty long ways out. The northern shore in particular is yeah. super shallow. Like it's got a really long, gradual uh, beach run. But on the east, as soon as you get off that shelf, you drop. And that's where yeah. the deepest part of the lake is, is on that east side. Uh, Bear Lake contains abundant suspended microscopic particles of white colored calcium and carbonate that reflect the water's natural blue color back to the surface, giving the lake its intense turquoise blue color. Yeah, it's a pretty, you know, it's, it's so beautiful. Pretty, pretty lake. It's gorgeous. <clears throat> So the, the Bear Lake Valley was used uh, traditionally by the Shoshone, Ute, and Bannock Indian tribes. And the Bear Lake Valley is huge. It is. It's really big. So like I said, it goes all the way up past Montpelier, uh, which is, I don't know how far that is from the lake, but there's that wild lake breeze, like the wildlife refuge and stuff like that. It's only there. a few miles. Montpelier is only a few miles, like five, six, maybe seven miles, so not that far, uh, but relatively close. Um, in the early 1800s, uh, mountain men figured out that the, the Native Americans were trading there. And so it, tur it turned into a big rendezvous spot, uh, where fur traders would come to trade. Indians would come to trade. Uh, Jim Bridger spent time there. Jedediah Smith. Well, there's a few trails that run right through Bear Lake. The Oregon Trail. Yeah. The Mormon Pioneer Trail runs through Bear Lake. Yep. Um, like, I mean, those are major trails that went right across where Bear Lake is. 
So during the summer between 1827 and 1828 was one of the largest rendezvous ever recorded. Um, and they said that there were so many campfires at night that one chronicle carded a lighted city. The whole valley was lit up because of how many people. Cool. So, um, Jeremy, it's 29.2 miles from. Yeah. And that's five. just, I mean, that's. That's uh, not five. Oh, I thought it was close. Bear Lake that. State Park is where it's giving me directions from. Okay. So from Garden but, City. Oh. But still. Sorry. I mean, it's going to be. Yeah. So 30 miles from Garden City. But still, that's, I mean, the lake's really long, so it's not, it's not 30 miles from the top of the lake. But How long is the lake itself? Oh, I can remember. Now you gotta, gotta look up Sorry, I know what we were talking about. It's So from Fish Haven, it's 23.6 miles, which is pretty close to the end. Um, the lake, um, I want to say it's like probably 15-ish miles. It's sizable. I mean, for, for a natural lake. For a natural lake, It's yeah. big. 18.3 miles. That's so St. Charles, um, Idaho is near the end of the lake. It's, it's a, away from the lake, but it's near the end. And that to Montpelier is 18.2. So some interesting, a little interesting fact about Montpelier, since we're talking about it here at the moment is, uh, that was the infamous Butch Cassidy. Mm-hmm. That was the bank Butch Cassidy robbed. And we talked about it. Oh boy. What's it then? Three, four years ago when we did our infamous Utahns, we talked about Butch Cassidy. Um, that particular bank is still there and it's still opened as a museum. You can go there. I don't know if, I don't know if there's a, a cost to get in, but you, you can go. Isn't it funny how we make museums out of places that were notorious for criminals? Right. So he, he stole $7,000, which at the time was the biggest robbery that Idaho had ever seen. It's still up there. Let's be honest. Yep, still up there. Uh, <laughs> of his, I'll just give a, a really quick synopsis. But uh, two of the people that were with him were caught and sentenced to 35 years in the Idaho Penitentiary. Uh, but Butch Cassidy was actually never caught and never convicted of the robbery. Anyway, so that's that. So you can go check that out. They're on Main Street and, and take a little tour of the bank. And yeah, it's cool. Uh, so about 10 million years, they suspect the lake has been around. Just so that's you know, a long time. A lot longer than 10,000 from the sand dunes. Wow, that's crazy. They've also had some big earthquakes because there is a bunch of fault lines. Um, there's a, in this, this packet that I found like online, there's a picture that says the Eastern Bear Lake Fault is capable of generating earthquakes as large as a magnitude 7.4. The largest historical earthquake that shook the valley, the November 10th, 1884 Bear Lake earthquake had an estimated magnitude of 6.3. And there's a lady sitting there in a destroyed home and she's like, there's bricks in her bed and she's smiling. Reading a book. Life, life was much better back then, I guess. I even, guess, even when there's bricks al- in your bed. Although, to be honest, like one of the best things about Bear Lake when you rent a house out there is just sitting and hanging out outside. Well, like when we went up there, um, we did our beach day on Friday, and it turned out pretty good. But Saturday was supposed to be the day that we went out on the boat, and we had it for the afternoon, and we woke up that morning, and I woke up and checked my weather first thing and i'm like 68 degrees for a high with an 83 percent chance of rain i'm like we're not going out on the lake today and chris is like well you don't know and i was like well i need to figure out what i'm wearing because i'm not wearing what i originally planned to wear because it's going to be cold. Oh, okay so it says the longest um sediment cor- sorry i'm still reading about age yeah that's okay i'm distracted <laughs> so anyway i uh i said something to our our host who had planned this and she's like oh no i think it'll be fine and and then she kind of made an announcement i don't know around 10 o'clock or so that no we're still going out so everybody starts making their lunches like they do and we all go get ready and like i don't know 75 percent of the way through everybody making their lunches her husband's like yeah they just called and we might have a couple of hours that we can maybe go out but they'll tell us when we can go out and they'll tell us like if certain things happen we have to come back in so it's not guaranteed but if we just cancel we get our money back so we all elected to not go out so when chris talks about just kind of chilling we just we just oh, sat we, around we still need to get our refunds for that don't we yeah it'll i imagine they'll have to wait a minute a for them to oh. get their refunds they said it'll take three to four weeks at least oh, okay and then and so some of us went shopping and some of us took naps and some of us played games and 
But I mean, it was still. It's not a good time. It was still nice. Yeah. It was, it was nice. So three days in, I was finally relaxed enough that I could take a nap. Yeah. Jeremy fell, actually nap. fell asleep, which he wouldn't have been able to do if we'd been on the boat. That is so. true. That's true. So what did you find out, Chris? So they, the core sediment, they took a core sample from the middle of the lake, uh, which says that it's at least 250,000 years old. Um, they think it's at least twice that old, but probably several million years old. Um, so yeah. So it says most lakes by their nature are short lived through geological time because they tend to fill with sediment becoming wetlands or eventually dry land. Um, but if a ba- basin deepens at a rate faster than sediments accumulate, the lake persists. And that's why Bear Lake still exists because it continues every year to drop a little bit. As that fault moves, the lake gets deeper. And so the sediment doesn't have a chance to settle and fill the lake. It is really, it is really one of the prettiest. It's absolutely gorgeous. Lakes. And just being up there, it, it's nice here. It, it's not as hot. As it is down here in Salt Lake Valley, so it's a good ten to fifteen degrees cooler, depending on when you're up there. They they do uh, in in the lake itself. The boats um, they're pretty aggressive with checking boats before they let them in that lake. Oh yeah, you you have uh, boat check stations basically any way you get into the Bear Lake area, you'll have boat check stations because they don't want those stupid quaggle mussels in the lake that mostly come from powell and if they if they show up in the lake they will destroy the lake they will kill the ecosystem of the lake um so it's really important uh to to make sure you don't have those and they they get up they get up in your boat they open the engine compartment they look through your your engine compartment where it floods in because that's where those muscles tend to hide and they can hang out without water for a long time that's been tucker's job the last two summers oh yeah <laughs> searching for muscles yep and and doing the the power washing with the I don't know what chemical is. It's a relatively it mild chemical, but it's enough that it'll it'll kill them all and flush them out. But uh, if you've got like the the ski doos and the, and the waters jet skis and stuff, it goes up through the entire engine compartment and makes mm-hmm. its way. Oh, yeah. So they can be all the way up in there. Yeah, that stuff's no joke. Those those are really bad. Um, there are uh, there are um, all kinds of wildlife up in that area. Um, and all the housing is pretty spread out. So if you get up early, you will almost always see wildlife in the morning. Um, we, when we got there uh, on, on seagulls Wednesday, Wednesday, we saw wild turkeys. We don't count seagulls, <laughs> Julia. Uh, and then, they're a state bird. They're wild. I don't know if it was that evening or the following evening. There were deer like yeah. right outside. And then what was really cool is I don't know if you guys saw the barn owls. Yeah. That were like hunting around us. So like mm-hmm. they were sitting on the different houses around us, but they were like triangulating and working together. It was pretty No, cool. no, no, no. Hold on. Were they actual barn owls? Did huh? you see them take off? Oh, yeah. Okay. Because most of the houses up there also have those stupid oh, yeah, owl fake. things. <laughs> no, these were. And the reason these they were have. Flying the ones. reason they have the fake ones is otherwise the other bird species will land on their houses nest. and sh- nest yeah. and yeah. shit on everything. No, these were actual. And. Okay. Cause, cause we watched them flying from roof to roof and the way that they were squawking, it, you could tell they were like working together. It was pretty cool. And then we actually saw just over the Idaho side when we were heading to dinner, we saw the bald eagle. Did you guys see that? Uh, we saw both coming, going, both going to the restaurant. Not sure that we did because we were already we were already over there doing stuff. But. I was, oh yeah, you guys. I was went, drinking at yeah. Kelly's house. Yeah. You guys went, <laughs> we were pre us. we were pre gaming. And then uh, the I don't. Did you guys hear the coyotes at all? Oh, I didn't hear any. We heard. I, I don't. Mm. One of the nights mm. we could hear coyotes. Like I well, you guys off. were upstairs. I go to, though. We I go were to, in the basement. I go to bed before coyotes come out at night. And we were in the basement. And you guys are upstairs, so there's probably a little difference in the sound traveling. But I know that, like, the first year that we went, there were moose. And so it's worth it to get up early and, and take a gander at the wildlife. I was looking through this thing, though, and I noticed that um, they're talking about the why people like to scuba there. And it's because of how deep the water is. How clear the water is because underwater visibility is 20 to 30 feet and the light penetrates about 90 feet down before, um, you finally get, it's a really clean lake. Plus it's mild temperatures. 
So surface water temperatures are comfortable it was, through June through October. It was 74 degrees so it water temperature-wise. So it was, the water was warmer than the last day we were there. When you stepped into it, of course, there's that initial shock where it's like, <gasps> but like seriously, being in it for just a couple of minutes and it was perfect. Um, it does say that the deeper you dive, the obviously the colder that it gets and it can go down to even the 50s in the summer. What did I tell you? Hannah found a pair of glasses. Oh, yeah, I was there the when she glasses. found them. So yeah. a really nice pair that Heather's actually using now. We figure it's payback for the last couple for of the years. For the last two glasses. Two glasses. Okay, but honestly. Is ha- it really, though? I have to ask, though. <laughs> after the first year, I get the first year. Why do you wear glasses the second year on the we way We all told runner? her not to. She did it anyway. Like, what in the fuck compels <laughs> you? You've already lost a pair of glasses And they were her on the water. prescription. Yeah. Like, good pair. Like, wear contacts. A few hundred dollars or don't each. wear them. Yeah, I, don't I can know. only imagine what's at the bottom of that lake. She literally, her, she her way to hop onto the, just go to Lake onto Mead. the inflatable, yeah. and I'm like, take your glasses. No, they'll be fine. Roll on down to Lake Mead and check some of the shoreline now. <laughs> I, well, I, there's I literally that's so funny. There's a there's pictures as I go down of things, and there's like keys as the, as the shorelines receding. That would be times. cool to go down there with a metal detector at Lake Mead. Yeah, I bet you can find all kinds of rings and. So Bear, old hammers Bear Lake and does, stuff from people that were Bear Lake does together. freeze sometimes about three about three quarters a little less than three quarters of the years it freezes. I remember uh, ice fishing there when I was in Scouts. We went up there. And there's only certain parts, obviously, that the Bay Center, but on the shore, I, we ice fished there a couple times. Yeah, yeah. So Bear Lake does tend to freeze because um, it's way up in the mountains, um, but it's it's beautiful up there. But I want to talk more. So we can talk a little bit about the lake. We've talked a lot about the history and some of the lake facts. Um, there's so when you go to Bear Lake, there's not really hotels up there. Um, there are a lot of houses, and you basically have to rent yeah. a house or a condo or whatever it's for an the time you type yeah. situation, which is fine because you can get some really great places um, and and basically accommodate any size of of group. Yeah, that, that's so going twenty two this year. Twenty two people sharing a house. Yeah, um, I would say it comfortably fits. It the, sounds like it was a little squishy. Though. Yeah. What? I didn't think it was that squishy. Well, because you had her room. people we sleeping on the floor. The it was sleep, but it was we're talking about the girls. Yeah, that was because our daughter decided that after we asked her if she wanted to go, and she yeah. said no, she wanted to go. So she got told where she was going to sleep before I she know, came. However, there are houses that accommodate more. Yes. yes. Or there but are, you have to be willing to pay more, and I don't, there I don't also, know what this group's limit is. There are also condo units where you can rent yeah. out chunks of condo units. Yep. So, again, 22 people across six families is the other thing. So if you've got 22 people and it's like three families that are all families, you can probably accommodate a lot more in some of those rooms because they'll, they'll triple and quadruple up in the rooms where we didn't do that. It was, you know, like parents and then the kids spin. And a lot of those houses also have... Big bunk room. That so bunk you, room was a, the, one of the nicest bunk rooms yeah. I've seen. But though. a lot of these houses also have bunk rooms where it's like there's twelve bunk beds. That, the 12 one we stayed in last year. And, yeah, that, it's like a military bunker. Literally, last year it had twelve bunk beds. But honestly, like but the thing is, is we don't have that many kids anymore. We have more adults than kids, and we yeah. we need more bedrooms than more bunks. rooms than yeah. Or or you know the girls could have stayed with the rest of the kids and Nate because. There. We're not having this discussion right now. <laughs> Just saying. Anyway. But anyway, there's a lot of options. A lot of options to, and you could accommodate a lot of people. I mean, yeah. and, and yes. Yeah. And, and depending on what, what you want to pay for and what amenities you want. Like, I think our group always wants to make sure there's a hot tub. We kind of like doing the hot tub thing. And, and there's as simple as that there's that area where they've got the little cabins mm-hmm. that you can rent. And oh, the, they have glamping out there. The little yeah. teepees well. you can rent. That, that's so, the glamping. I mean, it's a simple, plus there are a few. Uh, campsites with your camp trailers. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, it, it, it'll accommodate kind of any budget. And yeah, and it's only, it's only like two, two and a half hours from, from Salt Lake City. Um, and you can drive up through Wyoming and stop in Evanston and get booze from Evanston, or you can go up through Logan. Um, we usually go up through Evanston and go down through Logan Canyon. The last two um, years we've gone through Evanston. It's for us being in Riverton. It cuts 28 minutes off mm-hmm. of our drive. Here's why I prefer Evanston go going up uh, and sometimes even coming back. I don't have to deal with the fucking canyon. Because yeah. Logan Canyon is absolutely stunning. If you've never driven it, you should. Especially when you get out into like the open valley, like Beaver Valley. Where, it really is beautiful. Where the Beaver Ski Resort and all the snowmobiling but. is. 
but it's a lot of one lane road and switch and, back. And it's some of it's at 45 miles an hour. And if you get stuck behind people going 35, you're stuck. And a couple of years ago when we went, they were doing road construction. Oh, God. And we got stuck for 45 minutes of not moving because they had it stopped because on they had one lane and let the one. And so, yeah, it, it was not worth yeah. it. And you don't typically run into that going through Evanston because it's I-80 up to Evanston. And then it is, it's just a one lane highway going from Evanston out to Bear Lake, but it's flat. Yeah. It's empty and there's hardly ever any construction because there's no road damage that occurs really. Yep. It's, it's so small. I like it. I mean, it's maybe not quite as scenic, but like I said, for us coming from Riverton. Oh, it's fantastic. It cuts because tw- we'd otherwise we have to dr- drive the entire length of, of the, the valley. valley. Yeah. And then go around pointing them. And so for us, it seriously cut 20 minutes off of our drive. That's the 20 minutes we spend in the liquor store. It, there you go. <laughs> Which we did stop at the gas station right by the liquor store. Yeah. So, and there's more than one liquor store for yeah, there the, is. the liquor store that the girls like the is the one with the great big huge refrigerator that they won't go in because it's too cold. It's too cold. Do they send you in? Well, Sean went in there with you to be fair. For like 60 seconds. Is no, she, she wasn't. Handle. She was probably in there for about five minutes. Did, did you have some Bear Lake reviews there, Julia? We're not mm-hmm. even close to the point where I won't review. I'm talking yet. about the beach the Bear beach Lake itself. reviews. Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about the, the other rental stuff at Bear Lake first. Okay. okay. So on the lake. So if you don't have a boat, you don't have like skidoos, you can rent all sorts of shit. So you can rent at Bear Lake for the lake itself. They have boats that you can rent. There's a few places that rent them. Uh, a few more places that even rent jet skis. Uh, they have side-by-sides, ATVs that you can rent. Um, they have, you know, tubes, inner tubes that you can rent to haul behind boats. They have, like, giant, at some of these beaches, they have, like, those giant um, fucking water jumpy. trampoline things that they'll pull out for you. Like and you little can, islands. Little islands. And then in actual Bear Lake, they had the bikes. They have bike rentals all over the place, both e-bikes. And we were actually talking to one of the e-bike guys, uh, and he said, oh, yeah, this thing, you can go all the way around the lake on it, and you'll be fine. Uh, and then they had the so, tandem bikes, and they had those weird four-people yeah. bikey cart things. But yeah. but they have lots of that stuff. It's very friendly for all that, lots and, of rent. And really not that expensive. Yeah. No. You can also rent, like, kayaks and paddle boards and crap like that, so... If you don't have that stuff, it's relatively inexpensive to rent. The boats, obviously, are a little more. And sometimes, depending on the rentals, some of the rentals include a few things. Like the one that we had, I noticed, didn't, but... Um, she I've means looked, the, ha- the rental houses. Yes, by the way. I've oh, looked. Yeah. I've looked before, and sometimes they'll have a few. They have bikes things that you could buy. Yeah. Well, the rental house we were in did include the quote unquote private beach. Oh yeah, so there are a couple. So I mean, it did have. Access, so there's a couple yeah. of, like there's resorts that have their own private beaches. The South Beach is pretty rocky. Um, it's not really a beach beach. If you go up north, that's beach. Yeah, the north end has got the nice, really sandy beach beach because that's close to the wetlands. Yeah. So, Julia, what what beach are these reviews for? This just is for Bear Lake National Park, and everyone's talking about the beaches. So it could be any of the beaches. So Cause it's the one specifically in the Utah end. Okay, the so Utah. that's okay. that's the Bear Lake Marina area. Yeah. yeah. So. Veronica left one star and said, "Too cold." That's what happens when you go in February, Veronica. Shannon left one star and said, massive carp. That's probably true. She probably got... Uh, I mean, it's a lake. I'm sure there... I have, I've never seen any, Neither. but I'm sure there's... Probably. We don't fish the lake, though, Jeremy. No, that's true. Jenna Bree left three stars. A gor- As gorgeous as the water is, the beach is basic. Probably because it's a lake. <laughs> yep. You're not, it's not Hawaii. <laughs> it's not a fucking California beach, you dumbass. Glenna left three stars. We went to a race. A race across the water. Contestant swam six miles across the width of the lake. There were bathrooms and picnic tables. Why is that a three-star review? Like, what about that was a negative experience? I mean, she had to watch a six-mile swimming race. Right. Jeremy Jeremy B. left a three-star review. Didn't see any bears, just a lake. That's See, be- that's a funny one. The, the like, just plain review. That's about- because the last bear from Bear Lake is hanging on the wall <laughs> oh. at that place we stayed the first year. That is the last <laughs> bear. That. Which, by the way, in my research, it's called Bear Lake because way back when that valley was full of bears. Oh yeah, and I'm sure there's still a lot of bears in the mountains around there. Oh, I'm sure. But there's too many people in that. Yeah, vicinity. the valley doesn't get a lot of bears. Anymore. You don't want them. Michael to come left back. three star. It's always Michaels. 
All these are Michael. Anyway, Michael left three stars and said, it is winter. Okay. <laughs> Hunter left three stars and said, wet. But it's a lake, so yeah. I'm just too old for your humor, Julia. <laughs> Funny. No, I think you're tired. And Michelle said, wish I had a boat. That's true. Yeah. Three star review. Wish I had a boat. Okay. But if you wish you had a boat, again. Why is that? Why are you taking that out on the. You can rent. Go boats. rent one. You can rent boats. For right. People. I mean, that's one of the things that's real. In a lot of lakes and, and, and reservoirs, you can rent boats. Um, but Bear Lake doesn't have houseboats on it. It's just regular boats. Um, the pontoons are fun. The, if you got a larger group. The pontoons are great because they don't fucking roll. They don't tip. You don't have to worry about sinking it and wake. And they go fast enough to pull a tube. They go plenty fast. You can pull a tube. They're a school bus on water. They yeah. hold a lot of people. They have really big outboards, though. <laughs> but they're very stable. You can move around on them quite a bit. They're good for families, kids. And then all of the rentals we've ever done come with life jackets. So yeah. That's a requirement, actually, by law. So um, them, so. I think if you're over like 21, you can choose if you want to wear a life jacket. You have to take it out, though. You have to take it out. Yeah, you have to have one, but it's up to you if you want to it, not wear if it you when are you're on, on a, the boat. If you are on a sea do, you have to have a life on jacket. On a sea do. Oh, okay. And I think some of the rentals I think it was just the big boat that are, we were getting on. I think some of the rental places like really highly encourage it because of liability. I think suit. last year when we got on it, they had, we all had to have them on as we pulled yeah, away. Yeah, and they were like, we're not going to say anything. Like, like, what are they going to do out in the middle? After you pull out, do what you want except for the kids. Yeah, the, the kids, kids have to stay it. And if you have kids on your boat and the game wardens come up and they're not in life jackets, you will get a ticket for And it. by the way, there are game wardens on the lake. Yes. And it is a big lake, but not that big. No. And their boats are a lot. And faster. they come around and they gather you up if the weather's bad and get you off yep. the off the beaches and off the water. Yep. So, um, also, I thought this might be interesting. So this this thing says who owns the lake bed, and I never really thought about that. But the bed of Bear Lake is held in a trust by the states of Idaho and Utah, with state holds in 1890 and 1896. Idaho and Utah respectively acquired all land lying below the ordinary high water mark of navigable rivers and lakes known as sovereign lands. So what's important about that and interesting about that, so your friend Kelly, whose uncle has land on the shore of the lake and has a dock, his own, not dock, but boat ramp. They have a dock. It's like a ramp. The neighbors have a dock next door, but he has a boat ramp, a, a concrete boat ramp that goes down. He can never do any work on it. No. Because he can't he, repair it. He can't. Because he do doesn't anything. own it. Because no. Utah and Idaho own that land, so he can't do it. And they do that to keep people from building out into the lake, basically. Um, so interesting stuff. So it says Bear Lake's high water mark is generally recognized to be 500 or 5,923.65 feet above sea level. Uh, also, um, Bear Lake Marina is going to double in size. They're adding that whole cove. They're adding another chunk. To it, so it's going to basically double in size. Because there's so many people constantly trying to get their boats in and out, and now that the water's lower and you can't do it from anywhere but the marina. Well, there's just the one ramp, and yeah. and like when, especially when the weather gets bad and everyone's trying to get off the lake, everyone's just got to. You can sit out there for two hours waiting to get off because it's just the one. Oh ramp. my gosh, we didn't talk at all about raspberry days. Well, we're not done. <laughs> I feel like we've been talking about it. Talking about <laughs> no, we've no, talked we've, about the lake. Because we just and the did cave. two episodes in one day. No, it's because we talked about the cave first, too. Um, okay, so a uh, couple other things. Um, Bear Lake is known for raspberries. We happened to go this year during raspberry days. But we also happened to go during a year where it had been too hot and the raspberries, raspberries weren't ready. Aww. Yeah, so. I found this really interesting. We went to the Raspberry Days Festival. It's a giant, it's a giant arts market. Flea market. It's, it's a flea market, right? Like we had, we bought Tupperware there because uh, that's a bulls. <laughs> that's a bulls. She had that's a bulls in full sets for a good price, so I bought the Tupperware. Purple and blue. Um, but it was it's it's just like a freaking it's like carny stuff, right? There's yeah. there's like little kid brides that um, little kids seem to like. Um, there's a bunch of food vendors. And as I walked, none of them had raspberries. I wanted raspberry lemonade. They all had strawberry lemonade. No one had raspberry anything. The only raspberry thing at Raspberry Days was from Chad's Bear Lake Raspberry Place. And it was like the jellies, and and it's the jellies that they make last year, probably. Well, they make them every year, and so I actually asked the lady. I'm like, 
okay, but it's just like, how do you guys have the corner on this? There are no other raspberry anything here. And she said, well, usually there's a couple of vendors selling raspberries. She goes, but the raspberry harvest hasn't happened yet. It's just been too yeah, weird was of a year. Somebody doing raspberry like butters or something. And yeah, they, the, ha- they were all out of the raspberry because they, had, they didn't have very They much. had honey butters of oh. various ilk. Oh, and they had a yeah. raspberry honey butter. But, uh, but they were out of they the were out of the raspberry. Um, but anyway, so raspberry days was uh, not that amazing. There's rodeo I got candy. Well, there's a rodeo and there's live music and stuff like that. Supposedly they did fireworks, but I didn't see them. So I think it might have been too wet. I always thought I always thought raspberry days was like a big, giant, huge thing there. And it's not, it wasn't that crowded. It was actually think, a great time to go. I think our friend John went and got a shake every single night. We just got one so, the, on Saturday night. I did want to talk about the shakes. I put it on here for a very good reason. Because it's always, everyone's like, oh, where's the best shakes in Bear Lake? They're all the fucking same people. They all use soft serve and raspberries. They're all the fucking same. And you same. can add things into it or not add Le, things into Lebeau's it. and Madeline's and every other fucking place there. too. They use the same fucking soft serve, the same machines, the same raspberries. They're all the same. However, I found my new favorite place. The the Caribbean fucking, I don't remember what it's called, like Caribbean culture. Something tells me it was not called shack. the Caribbean fucking. It, well, it was the Caribbean something, <laughs> but it was a, it's a, it is a, oh, the Caribbean custard check. So right as you curve around past the marina and you start on the road that goes east west there, where eventually you'll get to Lake Town, which is like a yeah. little tiny, but basically, so we were in that subdivision that turned right at the, the old lighthouse yeah, thing. Yeah, the lighthouse. Right past that is yeah. a little shack. I and that shack that. is a, they make their own custard. So unlike most of the Shake Shacks with the soft serve, they make it in a custard. There was was all custard, which is a different flavor than soft serve. And they also have a whole bunch of gelato and specialty custards, but they make their shakes with their custard, with their plain, you know, their regular vanilla custard. That shake was out of this world. Lights out the best shake I've had at Bear Lake ever in all the different times. Better than the least famous shake? Because everyone says they're the most famous shake, so there's one that calls themselves the least yeah, famous shake. They're all the same, but this one's different because of the custard. And if you like custard, which I love custard as opposed to just regular soft serve, they both have their place, but it was fantastic. It was really good. And they're just using frozen berries. Yeah, they all do. They all use fucking frozen berries that they throw in a big tub because they go through so damn many. Uh, I'm sure they try to buy them local when they're well, available, they can, but, but they weren't in season. The, yeah. And they serve those things all year round. So, so in our opinion, that's the best shake. So there's also a ton. We've talked a lot about the beach and the water. There's a ton of other shit you can do at Bear Lake. We talked about the cave. There's lots of hiking. There's a ton of ATVing. All oh, the go karts. Um, the boys went. There's go-karts. they have a go kart course. Go. I wanted to go. Chris told us we were going to go, but we didn't go. That was I when you took not, a little trip. I did not tell you you were going to go. You guys decided yeah, to, you did. to take a little shopping trip to Logan. When oh, the boys when we went. had to go kick the girls out of the house, <laughs> take their asses down to, to that's a whole thing. Anyway, Bear Lake's a lot of fun. I love going there. We've made an annual tradition of it. Um, I highly suggest you go. I highly suggest you stay the fuck away from July 4th and July 24th weekends. Yeah. It's absurd there. Um, I actually, I, I talked to the guy at the general store in Idaho and in, in, in Fish Haven. And because uh, we got there like literally a day or two days after the big lotto, because the lotto was at like the Mega Millions is like one point three billion dollars or something. Jeez. And I went in there to buy lotto tickets and I was talking to him. And I'm like, how like how is this place uh, with that with the big lotto jackpots like that? He goes, you have no idea. He said it was horrible. He said, I've been working here for years. I've lived up here for a long time. He's like. July 4th and July 24th are always absolutely insane because they have that big liquor store in the back of the general store and they sell a bunch of lotto tickets to us, Utahns. Uh, and he said, I've never had a worse time than that, this jackpot. He's like, you, there were so many people in here yelling and screaming, throwing money at me to get me to make them lotto tickets fast. Like he, he goes, it was like the worst damn thing ever. <laughs> He was so I think it was Black Friday. He's like, when we woke up the next morning and saw someone had a winning ticket, we were so happy. 
<laughs> and it's been quiet. He, his shop was the one where the credit card reader oh, didn't yeah. use the um, no tap, no tap, no tap, just the chip, just the chip, <laughs> just the chip, no tap. Brie loved it. <laughs> so anyway, I asked if I could take a picture of it. I recommend going to Bear Lake. Um, it's a lot of fun. This was our third year, and we're already talking about next yep, year. We're already planning next year. Uh, definitely don't wait until like June to reserve your house for the summer because you won't find one. No, we um, usually reserve them like March, yeah, April. Yeah, by by spring they're starting to get slim pickings, so we try to reserve earlier in the year. Um, same thing with the boats. Try not to wait on those because they there's not a million free boats. They're, no, they're, they're they, like the, the pontoons that we rent. They've really only got four or five, four or five pontoons. Yeah, so you you've got to rent them far enough in advance. But it's a lot of fun. Um, Hopefully you like what you heard. Uh, you can see us on social media at TNU Podcast. TheNewUtah.com is our website. Um, Julia is slowly getting the cards ready. I didn't know you're done to p- talking about Bear Lake until now. <laughs> it's Bree's turn. Stop throwing shit at me. You're being ornery. Bree, it's your turn. There's one more purple card. Oh, there's two. Hold on, I want this one. Purple. Now we're not going to be able to pick purple cards again. Purple. You are giving your giving away your power. You are a badass. Act like it. I'm okay. badass. So I throw things at you because I'm acting like it. That's giving away your power. No, is what's it's happening. not. It just told it you just you're giving, giving away, away your power. Your power. Oh, it said it's you're it's badass. Said to stop giving away uh, your power. Yeah, that's she was throwing stuff at me. Stop throwing stuff at me. That's not what it. Yeah. That's. It says you're a badass. Act like it. Stop mansplaining away my no, power. I'm gonna mansplain. Oh, that video you shared with me the other day of the the Daily Show. Oh. He's got. They did a bit where his co-anchor was. Uh, she was learning Desi. how to. Desi was learning how to be a man. And she she's was like, being a I'm get, man. she's like, I'm, I'm she's trying like, to have the male experience. So I'm she, acting like a man, so I'm, I'm getting paid. Blah blah blah. She's more. like, I'm getting paid more for doing nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but she's like, like one of the things was I'm learning how to interrupt, and so every time and Trevor, Trevor would start talking, she'd interrupt. <laughs> and then like, and I sent it to Chris because Chris interrupts. Then he's like, then he's like. Hey, stop interrupting. I know how to do that, blah, blah, blah. It's, and, she, and he defines something and she's like, actually, Trevor, that's blah, 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 blah. And she he's like, it. don't mansplain to me. <laughs> it was good. It was yeah, good. It's, funny. It's, a good, it's a good bit. So go to our website, uh, plan a trip to Bear Lake next summer. and But not um, when we're there. I mean, you can go while we're there, just not. Just don't go during the 4th and the 24th. Yeah, I would stay away from the 4th and the 24th. It's a fucking madhouse. Uh, have a good week and uh, we'll see you next week. Bye.